Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. .edu/podcast Do a little faster. Yeah. <laughs> you still got it. <laughs> it's your girl Shanti and it's Antoinette and we are around, around the, the way curls. Join us as we share our unique life experiences, aka tell all our business and explore both the profound and the profane because duality, duality is, is a thing. thing. Yes. Oh. Hey girl, hey. Hi. Welcome to around the way curls. <laughs> I'm sorry. This gentleman who lives above me, all I hear all the time is just constant banging. He's got to be a tap dancer. He's like tap tap tap. He's doing like paradiddles upstairs or something. Not a paradiddle. Did you I make think, it up or is that a legit dance move? It's a dance move. I think I'm gonna go up. I think I'm gonna be that neighbor. Are you ready? Ah, oh, the white. I think I'm going to slip an, a very nice note. I'm gonna say, "Hey, neighbor. Hey." Um, not, not trying to be an asshole or anything. It's just, you know, the last couple of weeks, ever since you moved in around to like two o'clock in the morning, you're like building furniture or something. I don't know what the fuck you're doing, but please stop. Signed the girl that lives beneath you. You're going to say, please stop. No, I'm going to, I'll figure out the, the language. You got to come up with some copy, but it's driving me it's driving me crazy. Like I'm laying in bed and it'll be like doom. Like are you are you I can't tell what he's doing. Well, you should knock and then on it, the door and allow it to be like a movie where he opens a door and he's like sweaty and He's handsome. very gay, so uh, You no, met him before? Yeah, I met him the day he was moving in. And his that was who I talked about. That his dad was like being like, yo, this is your neighbor. She's saying hi. And I was like, why doesn't this dad know his son is very gay? His dad was like trying to set it up. Like he said, maybe she'll need some sugar. That's something corny. He said, I was like, sir, he you don't like, know who your son dad, that's is. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what are you <laughs> just oblivious? But anyway, yeah, I, I, he might have some sort of module system, you know, where like, I hear a lot of rolling like wheels. So I'm like, is what do you mean I, module system? You're I feel like maybe he understand. has some kind of furniture that is like transforms into like bedding. It goes from like desk to bed or something. It just, I'm telling you, it's 
like clockwork. It's like when he's ready to get in the bed, he's putting weights down or something. He must have just worked out. And then he's shifting all of the furniture in his room for bedtime. That's what it sounds like. I don't know. Like, wow. It's, it's very interesting. He needs to stop. He needs to stop. That's what I'm going to say. You need to stop. The Sixers are getting their ass kicked right now. Is that your update? I don't even want to think about it. No, that's not my update, child. Do you have an update? Because you don't have nothing on this. (laughs) You literally have nothing on the outline. Do you want me to go or? This is awkward. This is. (laughs) Do you want me to? Come on, because this is such a great episode. I'm very excited. Um, Jolie has her coming performances. She's in plays and musicals. She also is old enough to leave home alone at night. So wait, what? No, she's yeah. not. I mean, not overnight, but like I can step out for two hours and then come back. Oh, she's not leaving home at night. You're leaving no, home at night. No, absolutely not. I'm leaving her at home, and I'm really excited. And I, this happened recently. I went to a friend's birthday party yesterday and i was like not me out on a school night after 10 12 years that's a big milestone and everybody was like high five and it was it's a celebration so i'm really excited about it what is she doing you're gone does she who knows color you give it kiss it up to god you just pray you say don't do no weird shit who knows? Jolie's probably, I mean, she, her thing is like baking cookies. She like does really strange cooking experiments, which enrage me because she wastes the ingredients and makes a mess and then wastes the concoction. But it's for her creativity, I guess. So I'm just feeling really good about this um, new stage in motherhood and watching her become her own little person. She gets herself up now gets herself dressed like she wakes me up in the morning this past week (laughs) i don't know if i'm actually degenerating in my parenting skills really that's what it sounds like leaving her late at night and having her wake me up in the morning i don't know but i love it i kind of love it i'm here for it so well congratulations queen thank you thank you so much are you coloring or can you hear that i'm drafting my note Oh my God. not me telling you and your mind was not even paying attention i was I'm oh my god right i can now. do two things at <laughs> no, once no you can't it's not how your first brain of all i can works. i do it no. all day long i'm Whoa. never present you're not <laughs> i'm always doing something else you fucking kidding wow. me do you know who i am um anyway i am in a oh my god i'm in a group chat with over like 15 people that I only ever met once and they won't stop. And I don't know how to get out. I don't have any of these numbers saved. So it's just a bunch of random numbers. Oh, that's like hell. It's hell. And I, if I leave the chat, there's a notification saying Antoinette has left the chat. So then I come off as a bitch. And I don't know what to do. Girl, radical honesty. Say, sorry guys, but. And I've muted the chat, but then when I open my phone and see that there's... Who are these people? Put put their names I, on blast Shanti, right now. Make I it real don't hard. know. I you know don't know? One of, the, one of the lovely humans invited me to a Met Gala viewing. View, I didn't even know this was a thing, but these fancy people, or they got a hotel, a very nice hotel in... 
Brooklyn, and they had a whole suite to view the Met Gala. We've talked is about it, this because remember, this is fucking, Thursday's episode. Is it a performance or you just so watch people show up? It one Monday. So and now I'm in this group chat with all the people that she invited. And I and give her credit. God bless her. She said, hey, everybody, this is the suite number. This is the hotel. This is the time. Feel free to respond to me privately. No one listened. And they won't. And, and they're not even just talking about the night. They're sending outfits. They're like fashion people. And I'm not a fashion person. They don't know who you are either, Internet. Get out of there. No. No, you can't. It's just going to be like 215, do, 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 left the chat. So they don't know who it is. No, that's so rude. I can't. All right. Well, but it's is- hell. And I just, I wanted to die down. And I, I was like, again, trying to craft like a, a witty text to be like this group this group chat is the group chat from hell ha 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 (laughs) like it's witty and not (laughs) not funny funny at all (laughs) (laughs) oh let's get on my fucking nerves i (laughs) wish i could get out of it but i can't because i don't want to hurt you people like i I even googled memes for group chat and i was gonna like put the meme in the chat and say me in this group chat ha 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 but like i haven't found the perfect one yet I don't know, girl, but it's it's hell. I I've muted it and then I go back to my phone and I have fifty unread messages. Horrible, and the number stresses me out seeing it at the top. I think you should just drink the rest of that drink that you're drinking and then get the liquid courage to exit the building. I wish I knew how to exit a group chat. How do you exit group chats? <laughs> you would no, because you would I leave like our friend group. group. <laughs> you would leave <laughs> like would never it's only like me. four of us in there. <laughs> if you did that, I would literally never invite you back and I would never invite you to any of the outings. What? I would be so hurt and angry. I know she would. I didn't realize how seriously you take them. That is know. like a family group chat. You can't exit that. <laughs> That's how that's like what's keeping us together. That and the and the Instagram group chat. I but that one I don't even open. Instagram. You I don't, don't even open oh, that. Oh, I enjoy it so much. Because it's nothing but memes and videos. It's nothing but TikTok, Tiki Tocks and memes. No one says anything in it. It's but just we say like so much. So much is said. <laughs> I know. Did you see what Jasmine said? Yes. <laughs> that shit had me dying. She said, y'all, she sent me this Jerry Springer thing. I don't know what clip this was, but then she, she sent it to me and was like, me to you with the kiss face. Like, I love you so much. <laughs> and this black man was trying to big up this woman. He said, well, I don't care whatever this man has done to you. You still a strong black woman. And she was like, well, I'm white. <laughs> I said, this monster, where did you even find this? But anyway, um, in other news, I feel very adult. Shanti, I finally got a portable car charger. Finally did it. I'd like to know if you have your portable car charger back yet. Do you? <laughs> you're psychotic. Okay. Because <laughs> I've been thinking about that. Oh, you're so annoying. And I wanted to make sure that you had it back from said person. Um, I have a portable car charger. It also has a flashlight. Does yours have a flashlight built it in? It does, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I haven't even used it yet. And I'm like, this is amazing. You can, you uh, do you have a thing where you can plug it into your little ash or uh, lighter thing? I don't even think I have a lighter thing no anymore. ma'am it ain't that high tech uh-uh. i have one of those and i have a uh like input plug dashboard 
Well, I have an input plug for even my phone in case of emergency. Where the fuck you get this supercharger from? Uh, L- uh, Amazon's. How much was it? Uh, like $89. No, I'm upset, furious. Not a comparable was buy with more features. See? Such a bu- buyer's remorse. I'm <laughs> Stick with fuming. me, kid. <laughs> I, Not I her having a phone I... charger and a connect to the car charger, which yes. makes no sense because if your car is fucking dead, why are you going to charge your charger? But I get it. I'm back. I'm jealous. Well, I'm no, just it it's down. if if you needed to use it and it comes back on, then you can always you have obviously you have to charge the portable car charger in order for it to charge your car. So if your car is ever running and you use it to charge your phone or something or somebody needs it and you just need to charge it up real fast, you can use that battery as well. Anyway, these are the things that all adults should have in their vehicles. All right. This is a PSA. Keep hitting the mic. Sorry, Monty. He's going to email us about that. Um, You need to have a hammer. We've talked about this. My mother bought me a hammer and I lost it. But it was a specific car hammer. You can buy that also on the Amazons or try to find it from some black owned place because I'm sick of supporting Jeff Bezos and them. But there's a specific car hammer where you can cut the seatbelt. They got a, a knife on the back of the thingamajig. And then also you have, if you ever drive into water, you wait for the whole car to fill up. You meditate, you stay present. You say to yourself, I'm going to be all right. You cut that, that uh, seat belt off and then you bust them windows out. But the windows will not bust unless the car is full with water. So you got to wait. They also have a thing that cr- breaks the glass for you. I want that, John. I don't want to be trying to bust a window while I'm having a fucking heart attack. Oh, wow. I didn't know that exists. I want that as well. I want to get that for you. (laughs) You should also have, if your car portable charger does not have a flashlight, you should have a flashlight. So you need a flashlight in your vehicle, okay? You should have an umbrella in case you break down and it's raining. You should have glow sticks in case you break down and it's dumb cold and there's no lights on the road. Got to put the glow sticks out, make sure people see you and don't run you over. Then, of course, you have to have a phone charger in there as well. And but a if you have the fancy thing that I have, that also is a phone charger. I also watched a video on how to change my spare tire, put a donut on, take a donut off. So I'm ready. I don't Not know what for, but I just feel ready and very adult. Yeah. Good work by you. Thank you. With that said, um, we're going to announce some time off. <laughs> Uh, Shanti and I are going to be taking some time off. We're not breaking up. We just need a break because we're breaking internally. So I can't remember the damn time off right now. It is the, the last two weeks of June. There will be no new episodes on around the way curls. Sad, sad things. We'll be back in July to hold you over. And then the entire month of August no new episodes of Around the Way Curls. We might do Patreon Town Hall in there just to hold our patrons down. Since y'all go the extra mile for us, we'll go the extra mile for you. But we need this time to recharge, to recenter ourselves, to maybe read a book or two, to be able to talk about more interesting topics, and to just... uh 
what, to really focus our energy on where we need to grow and how we're going to do said things. Okay. Do you have anything to add to that? No. Thank you for the announcements. Okay. We're going to go to a break. Oh, never mind. I apologize. Where am I? I'm in the, I don't know. I'm, we are going to go to a break. Shanti apologizes. We don't have any voicemails this week. Uh, because we have a an incredible interview um, with Toy Marie, who is a powerhouse of a woman, mother, impact strategist. She's doing this the hard work out here on liberating all of us, giving us some imagination, asking us to be revolutionary, and also just being a really cool, approachable down ass bitch so shout out to her and after these messages we'll be right back welding instructor alex declare knows firsthand how vr training platforms like forge fx can help meet the demand for skilled workers anywhere you go look there's going to be a shortage of welders vr training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career the beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And we are delighted to be back and we are delighted for this very special guest that we have with us. We have Miss Toy Marie Smith. We have been following you for a minute now on Instagram, and I'm always immediately sobered or consoled in some way when I see your posts, especially when I'm feeling overwhelmed or inadequate. I'm like, it's not me. It's capitalism. It's not me. I'm just a single mom. But Toy is a growth and impact strategist. Her work centers on doing life, business, and motherhood differently. She works with people whose work is countercultural, liberatory, and revolu revolutionary in nature, or people who desire and are committed to moving their work or lives in that direction. And we're very happy to have you to talk about all those things that you just mentioned. You're a brilliant mind, and you're very generous with um, your ideas. So we're happy to have you. Share very that with excited. our community. Oh, thank very you. Excited. I'm happy to be here. I'm I'm a fan and I'm excited to talk <laughs> all the shit about capitalism. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. How are you feeling alley. today? Number one, how are you doing? Um, you know, I'm feeling good. It's late in the day here. All my, my sons are home. Well, three of them are here. So, you know, I'm chilling. Good. Great. And where's home? Denver, Colorado. Well, really Denver. Aurora, but I say Denver because y'all will know Denver. Yes. Yeah. Well, we sadly know Aurora now based off of the un unfortunate events. But yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's 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 dive into it. Okay. All right. All right. I was on your Instagrams <laughs> stalking you yesterday. Okay. You know, and I was like, we have to anchor this conversation. Mm -hmm. I was I was on my... Um, type A personality-ish where I'm like, Shanti, it's got to be really focused. She's so smart. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and I found a post toy. Yes. I said, okay. oh, this, this is it. Mm -hmm. And you posted capitalism requires. Mm. All right. And there's six things 
that capitalism requires of us that I was hoping that you could deep dive into to help Mm. jumpstart this conversation. And in case you forgot, I also have the, the, the caption here on our, on our, uh, outline. Okay. So, well, first let me me ask y'all, because I, when I jump into these conversations around capitalism, what I find is like, we have a distorted understanding of capitalism. So can I ask y'all what y'all think capitalism is when you hear that word? Because a lot of times it's just like, it's the economy. It's, you know, we don't have a clear understanding. So where do y'all fall in under thinking about capitalism? I understand capital, uh, capitalism to be the exploitation of labor mm. um, and the exploitation of resources and land. Um, and that kind of tendrils out and is deeply connected with politics and economics and it spreads out into the globe with colonialism. Mm -hmm. Um, But this idea of extraction um, without honoring who it's extracting from Mm -hmm. and more often than not exploiting that um, by any means necessary. Mm -hmm. And all of us kind of like um, assuming that to be natural and like that's how we move in the world in many extent by yeah, by by just being a part of it, being in it, that's all we know. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's deeply ingrained in our in our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. I was Shanti is the person who after starting this podcast really helped me see mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. much of capitalism um I embodied. Mm-hmm. Uh how much of it was um controlling my very way of being from my relationships to with myself Mm -hmm. to my relationships with others, my value systems, my um, disdain for rest, my Mm -hmm. fear of rest um, and just me being on that hamster wheel of trying to get quote unquote success. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now I see it as we we did an episode on um, capitalism is destroying our sex lives. Mm. And it was just so interesting how even in that, even in some of the most intimate and I would say like primal parts Mm. of us, it's it's so deeply ingrained in that. And it's, um, yeah, it's this big bad wolf to me. (laughs) Like there's got to be another way. But, But it's the reality. Yep. And so we, I almost feel um, like a slave to it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. what I don't, I don't, I guess I get upset because I don't understand what my other options are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, y'all both touched on some things that are really important when I talk about capitalism, which is exploitation and the naturalization of it, right? We just think it's natural that it just happened, that it doesn't have a history. And so that post that you all are referring to was me just thinking about when I talk about capitalism, I like to talk about it interpersonally, how it affects our everyday lives. Because sometimes when we start to do it in the abstract, people can't connect and see that it really is deeply ingrained in us. It becomes almost like a personality trait, Mm. becoming a capitalist and thinking about it in that way. And so when I use the term enclosure, Enclosure is deeply connected to capitalism because without enclosure, there wouldn't be capitalism, meaning things had to be privatized in order for us 
to then depend on our work and our labor to then mm -hmm. uphold capitalism. So that enclosure wasn't just in land, that was enclosure of our bodies, right? Like our bodies have to be enclosed, our minds, our imaginations, our knowledge, how we think about relationships. All these things have to be enclosed, meaning privatized or outside of the realm of imagination so that we still participate in capitalism. So if we think, A, it's natural, we think there's nothing else that we can do with mm -hmm. it. We can't, we won't challenge it. That means our imagination is enclosed. So if we think that, then the exploitation continues on. And so that post was really me unpacking the levels that it takes for us to stay in the system. Hmm. So then what are those six ways? Yeah, <clears throat> there are a bunch of them. There's enclosure of the land, right? So enclosure of the land is before capitalism, we just, people lived freely, right? It wasn't, pri there wasn't private property. There was, people lived on the land. You may have some people who like, that's their home and you know not to go there, but it wasn't private property. But for in, in order for um, capitalism to succeed, it had to steal the land then privatize it. So meaning everyone gets private property. So now you have a suburb, everyone gets a home and you can, this is where we can criminalize, <clears throat> excuse me, poverty and unhoused folks because they don't have anywhere to be. So then you have to force everyone into the workforce. So enclosing of the land enclosing of our bodies, we're talking about reproduction specifically for black women. What that looks like is when we enclose our bodies, this is why we see such a battle with women's bodies is because women's bodies have become a site of capitalism. We birth new workers. We birth the workers that are then gonna go out into the world. And mothers become a big part of capitalism because <clears throat> we teach our kids how to uphold the capitalist values, mm. right? This is a, spans across race and class. And of course there's different intersections, but this is part how capitalism encloses the body, enclosing the imagination. You said it, if it's natural and I can't think of a different way, my imagination can't be freed. And I always say like, it's a battle of the imagi imagination, especially for black folks. If we can't think of a different way to be, we can't challenge something. If we say, this is it, this is all we right. got, there's no other way. And then we bring our kids up on it, under it. And then we say, this is it. All you can do is go to school, get a job. And that's the only way to be a part of it. I have an 18 year old, he just turned 18. And I remember when he got his first job and he was like, mom, is this it? And I mm. was like, I mean, you know, <laughs> because he was like, I got in trouble because there was nothing to do and I was just sitting there. And my manager said I should have found something to do so I would look busy. And he was like, but there was nothing to do. And I think about, this is how we think about cubicle culture and things like that. And so he was like, this is what I do now. Like after I'm done with high school or after college, I just go work, right? So I'm like, no, there's, we have to expand that. So that battle of the imagination. What else did I have on that list? Oh, I'd be happy to, no, yeah, of yeah. course. You have enclosure of land, enclosure okay. of the body, enclosure of the mind, imagination, enclosure of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Capitalism requires the privatization and 
um, commodification of education and information. Yeah. Um, this results in a lack of access up to knowledge yeah. for purpose <laughs> for purposely marginalized groups and reinforce reinforces social inequality. I mean, just today, I was trying. I was so frustrated. Mm. I um, was, and we we have it, thank God. But I wanted to read an article, and it was. You had to pay for hey, it. Well, and I thought, uh-huh. what the fuck? Like the information's not yeah. even free anymore. We talk mm-hmm. about how it's all readily available to you. Go get it. But because of capitalism, I'm not saying that, you know, these businesses, these, um, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, all of these publications mm-hmm. don't need that money because of capitalism in order to, yeah. you know, produce. But the system itself it automatically ostracizes certain people who don't have can't afford that subscription. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And think about like a lot of college used to be free, right? Like when I'm talking about education when? and knowledge, like like for way back, like when school colleges first started, right? When we first had universities, a lot of them were really low cost. Mm-hmm. Wow. Affordable. Mm-hmm. Meaning you weren't going to go in debt to go to school. But because black and brown folks started going more, then they figured that they had to do something about it. And that's when so much of this, um, the college tuition prices went up. And so we barricade that. So it leaves out a lot of purposely marginalized folks from getting education. Mm. And we think, I think about that in terms of like with my sons, redlining and things like that impact what school your kids can go to. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so usually, depending on how your your state was redlined, I know for my area, like we live in a lower income area, the schools are not the best. Um, and if I want to put my kids in a different school, then I have to move and pay more. Right. Mm-hmm. And so who can afford that? Who's going to do that? And so the education that's in my area is not the best. And so it already puts lower income students at a deficit because it's enclosed purposely, though, so that higher income areas, which are usually predominantly white, get a better education and then feed into these systems with already a head start. Mm-hmm. You also have enclosure of relationships, mm-hmm. capitalism. uh prioritizes individualism and competition over community and cooperation. This was, this was big to me. Um, this results in social isolation, breakdowns in social support systems, and a lack of empathy. Also, through this enclosure, capitalism tries to dictate and define how we can relate to each other by legitimizing some relationships and delegitimizing mm-hmm. others. Yes. So, That's a word. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this taps into the nuclear family. Oh. And how we uphold the nuclear family. Capitalism really upholds the nuclear family, right? You need a mom, a dad, 2.5 kids, a dad that goes to work. Now, this is not happening per se now, mm-hmm. right? Because both mom and dad have to work. Um, but the way capitalism wanted it to be was that dad um, became a member of capitalism going as the worker, the wife became the worker of the family, mm-hmm. right? Like the yeah. worker at home, the worker mm-hmm. of her husband, and then the kids became workers too. 
And this then commodified the whole relationship. And so then this is a legitimate, legitimate form of relationship. Mom and dad, heteronormative relationship. Anything outside of that. If I am a lesbian, if, if I'm queer, if anything gets bastardized, like you can't, that, that's under capitalism doesn't see it. Mm-hmm. So challenging these norms is how we kind of try to break free. It's, it's, it's all in pop culture right now. It's a, which I don't even know the people's name involved, but they're the woman who talked about the bus driver, Ebony K. Williams, Ebony K. Woman, uh, Williams. Um, mm-hmm. But there's this, this idea, just like you said, of commodifying relationships, but also your value as a person is deeply connected to your labor mm-hmm. in essence, right? Like, or your worth in essence. Yeah. Um, and I don't, it feels like if we start to first realize, you, you talk about the spell of capitalism, mm-hmm. waking up to that is kind of recognizing that pattern of like how, how am I serving this other person in your relationships or the, the, the transactional nature of your um, love relationships, that mm-hmm. power dynamic that you play out with your kids, which is also extension of capitalism. You start being aware of the spell that you're under, but what is the replacement of that? Like, mm-hmm. what is the daily practice of like, oh, I am I am being transactional in my relationship right now with my partner mm-hmm. as well as how do you then measure your worth when you are when you are doing acts of labor you know mm. what I mean like I guess the question is what what are what is the alternative way of engaging with our fucking lives like how do I mother how do I mm do work what is what are the other offerings and perspectives that Mm -hmm. that i can be in practice of to help me stay realize i'm asleep to something and then wake wake up to it Mm -hmm. i think that's like probably the number one question people ask like great great the problem is what's the solution like i i would like to know and part of it is there isn't just one solution there are like solutions right and I think, first of all, if we're talking about relationships, that you have to be upfront and like have these conversations with your beloveds. Like, do you see what I see? Are we like, if it's an intimate partnership, do we see what's going on? Do we see how things are like these systems are eroding how we be with each other, with your homegirls? Like, do we see how? Maybe we don't get together because work is impacting us. And then it's in that way, trying to find little places where you can be defiant against it. Mm. Right. It's not it's not something where it's like we're going to find the solution. We're going to enact it and it's going to be gone. It's going to be these little pockets of defiance that we do individually, but that we also do with our people that are going to slowly start to shift culture. We see that now. That's why there's so much conversation around capitalism and things like that, because people are see it. 
but they're also talking about it with other and this is others and this is a fear of like TikTok and social media and why people want to get rid of it because it serves as a social discourse where people are like, oh, I thought I was the only one. And that's part of capitalism to keep you isolated so that keep you isolated, keep you working and keeping you so that you don't think that um, anyone exists the way that you do. Once you start talking about it with others, you start to feel a shared kind of grief and you're like, oh, we can't just exist like this. We got to do something different. So if it's with your homegirls, it's like, we need to see each other more. What does that mean? How are we going to impact these systems with your, you know, if you're, you have a a relationship, it's, do you understand as my partner, how these things impact us, impact you individually? If you are like in a cis hetero relationship, impact a man, impact me as a woman. And it's kind of being able to see each other first, right? You have to see each other's plight in the systems and acknowledge them before you can move against them. If you're with someone who's like, nah, everything's fine, you're fine in it, I'm fine in it, there's no systems, you can't challenge it. So I'd say first it's that awareness and that acknowledgement that something does exist. And then it's having the conversations about it. Let me ask you, since we're talking about said system, I think the dilemma for, another dilemma for a lot of folks is that, okay, I have to find these spaces where I can be defiant. Right. And where, and I also have to check in with myself and make sure my value systems are um, in alignment with who I am and with Mm -hmm. the knowledge that this system is an issue. It's eroding my quality of life. Yeah. With that system in place though, can, can and how does one then thrive? Hmm. And, and enjoy abundance, right? Mm. Uh, we're going to, you brought up Ebony K. Williams and on Monday's episode, we deep, deep dive, deep dove into that or deep dive, I'm not sure. <laughs> and I think it's really interesting um, because I had some back and forth um, in the comments and she responded yeah. to my, my um, comment on what she said. And it wasn't about who she dated. It was about the double down. Yeah. But it was more so like I understand where some people are coming from while I disagree with it. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of like, well, I want to see us do well. I want to see us thrive. I want to see us in positions of power. And I guess the conflict in me is like me too. But these positions of power are also seemingly harmful. Mm-hmm. To other folks. Yeah. So if we're just trading off this harm, mm-hmm. one person's, you know, one person's got it going on, they're doing well, or mm-hmm. one group of people, mm-hmm. there's always someone at the bottom yep. scraping and clawing their way through life. Yep. And that is, to me, not liberation, not freedom, not sustainable. So then I have a hard time with wanting nice things, mm. wanting to thrive. There's mm-hmm. this shame and guilt in me of like, dear God, not at the expense of others, but how is it not at the expense of others within this world? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to rectify that. Oh, I have so much to say. Okay, so I think- sorry. I think- to- Toy, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. Your mic is rubbing against oh. your shirt and yeah. Is that better? Yeah. That's much yeah. better. That's better. Okay. Yeah, sorry yeah. to make you do that, but no, otherwise okay. it, it, people wouldn't be able to hear. Annoying tech. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, well, I think that's a few things to 
unpack and talk about in what you said, Antoinette. Like, A, we have to get new definitions. Mm -hmm. So what does thriving mean if you're Mm -hmm. trying to challenge these systems? It can't look the same if you're trying to ride the wave of these systems. Mm -hmm. So how you're defining thriving is going to be different than someone else. And you have to be okay with having a different definition and living a different life, right? Abundance the same way. Abundance has been commodified by capitalism for you to Mm -hmm. think that it's just a life of luxury. Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm. So we have to, okay, so what does a life of abundance look like? detached from capitalism and in support of liberation for you. I don't know. Right. So this is something you have to think about. But can you name some things for you? So, cause we don't have no imagination. So <laughs> let me know. Let me look on your paper. They what you stole say? It. What they you say? It. What her paper say? <laughs> let us cheat on you. <laughs> okay. So for me, so like a long, like, I started working for myself about seven years ago. And one of the things that happened that drove me to start working for myself was that I had this job um, and I was, I used to work in HR and it was during the holidays and it was no one in the office um, and I was supposed to be there and I got in a car accident Mm -hmm. on my way to work. It was like Christmas time, roads were slick here in Denver. And I remember calling my boss and being like, I can't make it in. I, you know, I got in a car accident. And, you know, she was like, well, if you're okay to call, can you come in? And I remember being like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And two months later, I got laid off from that job. And I had been laid off previously from another job that I had been at for a while. And as they were downsizing, I was doing like four people's jobs. And I went to them and I said, yo, this is what I'm doing. I had a report and everything. I went to the HR department, presented my things. And they're like, we can't give you more money because you know, we ain't got it, but still do this work. And I slowly was like, nah, I can't. And just ended up like not doing a lot of work. And then I got laid off while I was on FMLA because my son was hurt. Wow. And I always knew kind of in the back of my head, that jobs don't give a fuck about us. But those two experiences really showed it. So once I got laid off at the last job, I was like, I can't go back. I'm not going back. So I decided to start working for myself. So I took that unemployment. And black folks, we do this all the time. We flip shit all the time. We do stuff and we're like, this is gonna float me over. And this is us being defiant to the systems that say we should participate, Mm -hmm. right? So I took unemployment and was like, I'm going to try to work for myself, had a homegirl who's working for herself and started doing some things with her. So I started doing my own stuff. What that allowed me to do was to be out of these systems and in in corporate world to be dictated by a boss. So that gave me freedom to just kind of move how I wanted to move. In my everyday life now, what that affords me is more time with my sons as a single mom to be with them and to mother how I want to mother without having to go to a nine to five. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of other ways that it shows up in my life where I'm being defiant Um, in terms of my relationships. Right. I have decided that I really want to be in relationships 
with men who are aware of these systems. Mm -hmm. For me, it's really important mm -hmm. that I'm able to talk to someone. Now, you don't have to be as um, do as much of a deep dive as I do in these systems. You don't. It's not your work. But do you believe in patriarchy? Do you believe it's a thing? Mm -hmm. Do you see capitalism? Do we have any idea of what that is? Like mm -hmm. being able to be with someone who's on the same page, that's really, really important for me. Um, and then in terms of like raising my sons, for me, being able to talk to them about these systems and the work that I do is important for them to understand that too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think. I'll think of some more. No, those are that. I, yeah. That's it. I think, and just... I, I'm not pushing back Yeah, for people who are listening. Right. Yeah. I remember I actually was speaking to a friend today and, and he, we were talking about capitalism and he was like, yeah, you know, everybody's going to tell you quit your job, start your own shit. You know, Dame Dash told us no one should work for anyone, but who the fuck is working at all <laughs> the companies that everybody's <laughs> creating. Right. Yeah. So is it a matter of, finding your if you don't want to own your own space or you're not in a position to own your own business is it aligning with finding like-minded folks finding your tribe is yeah. that it i mean okay. i'm not ever going to tell anyone everyone needs to be an entrepreneur entrepreneur first of all that's bullshit like that is something that is um like for me capitalism speak like mm -hmm. not everyone can be an entrepreneur nor does everyone want to be an entrepreneur it does take a level of commitment and all of these things everyone should be able to live well no matter what they're doing so my my thought my what i would say to that is like yes everyone has to work but i think it's important for more of us instead of less to under understand what the dynamics are when you are trading your labor when you are at work do we really understand what's happening right like that we do we understand a that we are forced to get a job that it's not a choice like people will say well you can do you know you can get whatever job you want you don't have to work it's a choice like you can be poor if you want it's actually not a choice if the choice is being poor and unhoused or working and being able to maybe pay for a home we're going to work. And that's part of capitalism's dupe in the spell is that it makes you think that you have choice when you really don't. And also so, being poor and unhoused is criminal at this point. It's criminal. You actually can't be unhoused at right. this point. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say like 100%, if you are working, work, like you have to work, you have to tend to yourself. You're not um, wrong for working. I would just say like, understand the condition of what it means for you to have to work mm -hmm. okay. yeah and and i think another thing um we were talking not too long ago about in france how they're wilding out i actually don't know what's going on up to this date but freaking out about the retirement age being increased because just their standard of life, their culture is that work isn't everything. And they just have a more socially structured government where healthcare and your basic necessities are often can be taken care of by the government. Mm -hmm. And America, we just don't even have this sense that like, damn, healthcare could really be given to everybody. Education could be really free for everybody yeah. in Germany. You don't pay to go to to school. Mm -hmm. It's just free. 
if if you want to be a doctor, if you want to just like for all types of um occup what are they called? Occup uh, occupations. Mm-hmm. It's just we don't even have the understanding um of what's possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in even you can have I think the idea that work and I struggle this as well when thinking about capitalism that all work is exploitive Mm -hmm. right that all right if I'm going to be a business owner then I intrinsically have to exploit somebody else and like there's no possibility of work being done fair exchange and a good quality Mm -hmm. of life like that's a possibility that can happen but we're often always on these extremes and these pendulums of like, and I am, I'm speaking to my, for myself, like burn it all down. We're good. We should go to the woods. Um, or it's just going to be this exploitive system. And mm-hmm. it's just not true, but I don't mm-hmm. even think we understand what we can fight for and what we can create yeah. and, and still, you know, keep the economy that mm-hmm. we have in a lot of ways. I don't know if we I don't know if we would want to, but yeah, it just feels like the only other option is burning it all down versus creating something that's far more sustainable and like uh real for us, mm-hmm. you know, which is um yeah, it just it just rob it just robs us of alternatives in a lot of ways. Mhm. I mean, it's, there is that, I think there's, grief is tied into that, like, let's burn it all down. Because I think for a lot of us, we feel like, shit, we've been doing this for, for how long? Like, do we, when do I get to just find the joy, consistent joy, find the peace, the consistent peace, find the rest, the com- consistent rest. Like, where where is it? Let's just burn it down. And I think we have to get comfortable with being able to have those feelings, that swing, because I do believe for me, because I, I see it in the work that I'm in, that folks are really challenging how we are. And so I believe that, especially for my sons and maybe generations after them, if climate change doesn't really fuck us up, that things are getting better because so many people are like, this is not it. And we saw it a lot in COVID where people were home and that's why they could protest. That's why they could Mm -hmm. see. That's why they could feel more because Mm -hmm. they had the time, they had the space and they were able to be like, whoa, like what's going on? Capitalism keeps us forever in this deep um, spiral where we can't disconnect from it, right? So when you had groups of people home home getting money, working from home, able to go protest and challenge things, the government saw that. And the government was like, oh, no, we can't have people home like that. Because what happens is people have free time, people talk, people collectivize, and capitalism wants to keep us individualized. So that's why I think it's important to talk to your people about this stuff. They don't have to always agree. We don't have to always agree about it, but can we have a conversation around what's going on? Um, because 
we can't all be having this feeling for no reason. Yeah. 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 This leads us, when you talked about uh, how individualized we are, uh, Mother's Day is coming mm-hmm. up. Um, and that can feel like such an isolating uh, experience. So what to speak of um, being a, a single mom and having to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of your work is around motherhood and is around uplifting and uh, bringing awareness to the experience of being a single black mother yeah. and looking out for each other. Um, can you tell us how many children you have and just your experience, how old you were yeah. when you had your, your, your children? Mm-hmm. I am a mother of four boys. Um, I have four sons. My oldest just turned, actually just turned 18 last month. He's graduating this month. I have twins. They are 14 years old. And then my youngest is 11. Um, all of my kids have different dads, so three baby dads. And it's important for me to name that um, because that's part of my politics and um, how what my my lens of political analysis is coming through. So um, I was, I'm, I just turned 40. Uh, so I had my oldest son in my early 20s. So I spent all of my 20s with babies. So mm-hmm. here we are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. You talk about black single mothers are shamed, blamed, interrogated, scrutinized, and discarded on all levels. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a single mother. I separated from my uh, child's father when she was two. Um, on your site, you differentiate um, single motherhood, right? They're mm-hmm. single mothers, but you have a co-parent. Yeah. And then you have single mothers. What was the acronym that you use? MAD? What was oh, it? yeah. So there's um, MAD parenting. And I wrote about that for a long, a long time ago. Now I would say like parallel parenting um, with my oldest son, um, his dad and I, we parallel parent, meaning that we don't agree on a lot of the things, but he is heavily and deeply involved. So we are both parallel to each other, parenting together, together our son but it's no co like we're not really talking and making decisions in that way. Um, and then with the, my youngest three, their fathers are completely out of the picture. Um, they try to dip in occasionally, um, depending on, you know, a lot of factors, um, occasionally they're in, but most of the time I've been with them solo parenting my youngest three. In, um, I have a friend who has four children as well, mm-hmm. and they're um, all under the age of 11. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I really got insight into mm-hmm. how isolated and how um, alone she is, and how the stakes are so much higher for her and how the disregard and the judgment of her is like nothing I have ever experienced and probably will ever experience being as always, you know, I just have one child. And so there's this, this judgment that comes with having multiple children as a single woman and the more help that you need and the less people 
fuck with you because it's like you put yourself in this mm. situation. Mm -hmm. And I find myself and I found myself, you know, I help her and I'm like, oh, yeah, Shantir, you, you helped her out. Good work by you. And then she asks for help again. Mm -hmm. And I can feel myself tightening with judgment. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you? She doesn't have anybody, mm -hmm. but I can feel it inside of me. Um, and it's just been really interesting to to see myself as somebody that I feel like, oh yeah, um, you know, I'm down, I'm I'm down to help a community. Mm -hmm. But the person that really, really needs it, I in the back of my mind is this voice of like, why'd you get your you it's your fault. Like you made your bed, now you have to lay in it. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how you can um connect that to what we were just talking about with capitalism to with this um how deeply responsibility mm -hmm. and worth are connected yeah. with motherhood and single motherhood, especially. I mean, I feel that because I've felt that for a long, long time. Like, especially in my twenties when my kids were uh, a lot younger, mine are older. So I have a lot more freedom now, but when they were younger, I deeply felt that and was isolated because you know, I felt judged by my family. I felt shamed by so many people that I should have made better decisions. And a lot of that lays at the foot of patriarchy because, and capitalism, but patriarchy because women are supposed to know better for everyone. Mm -hmm. Like you should have made better decisions. It's always challenging what the woman should have done and not what the man should do. Right. So like, you're a single mom because you made bad choices. You have multiple kids because you made bad choices. Even though you're the mom that's around, you're the person that's staying and nurturing. Mm. You're the person that's holding it all. And the dad isn't around, whether they're like in and out, they have a toe dipped in or a whole foot dipped in. It's still you. And the shame, blame and guilt isn't to the other party that's not there. It's not to the father. It's to the mother who stayed and that that's woven in into patriarchy, but it's also woven into capitalism that sees women as property that mm. you should have made better choices and you're not a kept woman now. So you're used. You have a scarlet A. We don't have any need for you. We don't see you. You didn't make the right choices and how we then discard people. Discard. Um, you know, I've, just recently, we've seen things in the in in the headlines, like Deion Sanders um, saying that Ugh. he only wants, I forget what position, I think it's linebacker or whatever, only wants those positions coming from single mother households because they're hungry and, you know, they need and they want and they don't have and they weren't really taken care of. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. Or we see Marcus Houston saying he don't fuck with single moms. Now, he's problematic, but... He don't fuck with single moms because of basically they're scarred and they're all baggage. these things, their baggage. Mm -hmm. um, and that exists deeply in the black community because of white supremacy and capitalism and patriarchy and all the things. And we judge women who decide to who become mothers, you know, whether it's they like for me, I was in relationships and lived with the men that I have kids with. We were deeply in relationships. It wasn't until after I ha had the kids. And really color started to show. And I was like, oh, I can't stay here. Mm -hmm. 
I can't stay here. And my future self knew that if I stayed, I wouldn't be here right now to have this conversation with y'all. There was no way. So I made the choice to still exist in the stigmatization of black single motherhood to not stay there. But that doesn't matter because all people see is the fact that I'm a single mom with four kids by three different dads. And clearly what that means is I don't make good choices or decisions. So then that means that my kids don't make good choices or decisions. And what I really started to think about is the reason we challenge single motherhood so much is because if we look at the nuclear family, there's a head, right? It's usually the father. In single mother households, the reason people have an issue with it because they're like, where's the head? Where's, who's, who's the level-headed one? Who's making the decisions? How are they grounded? How are they secure? And we have to challenge a lot of that. But I, I relate to the isolation and the shame and the guilt. And I think part of what we have to do in our community is to really look at how we've been taught to hold and value and think about single mothers. I, I also want to touch on, I'm not a mother, but I do also see that um, on the flip side of that, when we, when we talk about, especially black single mothers, you'll have an image or you'll hear a story about a black single mother and she's holding it down and she worked 15, 16 jobs and, and somehow made it happen. And then, you know, maybe the kid is somehow super successful and they do this op-ed on the mom. And then they're like, wow, that's a strong Mm -hmm. black woman. It's like the fuck. (laughs) Wait, yeah, I am, but I didn't want to have to do that. Mm-hmm. And so we don't talk about like why was she in that position? You know, mm-hmm. like where was where was her help as Shanti discussed? I think there's a, a a big part of the conversation missing from that. Like why was it why was it so inequitable for her? Yeah. Why why was that her reality? Yeah. And I think that there's all the praise in the world if the kid goes on to the NFL. Yeah. The kid, you know, turns into this great actor, right? Or whatever the these, you know, societal standards of success are. Mm-hmm. And then mom is no longer, she's no longer a scarlet, you know, what is no. it? The scarlet, the scarlet A. Letter. She's a yeah, model scarlet. single mom. Like yeah. she's a, like a model minority. She's like the model single mom who pulled herself by the boot, pulled herself up by the bootstraps. Which is drenched in white supremacy. Yes. And did her thing. And took care of it and didn't need no man or need no And killed herself in the process. Not just did her thing, but probably discarded most of her pleasure in her life and her happiness in order to survive and ensure that her children survive. And that is what we should strive to be. Yep. And And it's sick. Yeah, (laughs) it's, it's horrible. And it's, that's part of where we need to go upstream and be like, why do we think like that? And why do we think that is okay? And why do we accept that version of single motherhood where the mother isn't even allowed to be honest about her experience? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That she can't even say that shit was painful. It tore me up. I am, I'm, I'm someone, I'm someone so completely different. I don't even know myself. Why is that okay? Because in the, um, in these systems, she played the game and she won. She didn't need any help. And it 
it goes back into the strong black woman, right? She can do it all. She don't need nobody. And if you need somebody, something's wrong with you. Um, one of my favorite books by Michelle Wallace, it, Michelle Wallace is Black, Black Macho and the Myth of the Superwoman. And she talks about how Black women have been upheld to be like the superwoman. And she shares this story around, she was watching, I think I shared it on Instagram. She was watching this show with one of her colleagues, a friend, Black man, successful. And this, was, this book was written in the 70s, I think. And they were watching some show and it, it was a news and it was about this woman who was not doing well. Her power was off and the landlord wasn't doing something. And she had all these kids around, like six of them, and no one looked well. No one had clean clothes or things like that. And he said, well, that's a strong sister right there. And she was like taken aback, like we think that's strength for women to not have to not be tended to for black women to not be tended to to not be cared for um and especially when you put single mother on that too like oh you made your bed and you laid in it no one know deserves you anything and i think part of the healing for black single mothers comes in the reclamation of like a sharing your story but b believing yourself that you deserve to be tended to and cared for by, by yourself and sharing that with your kids too. Um, otherwise we just keep perpetuating this, this cycle. Shanti, do you have anything else on, on this topic? No, 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 no. no. So then another, <laughs> <laughs> another thing that I thought was very interesting because yeah. I'm in, I'm in corporate America, Lord. Mm. And it's interesting how I keep, saying I would like to see the mm. av the average salary for people in my position. Yeah. I want to know what everybody else is getting paid. I've yet to see these numbers, but I keep requesting them. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to keep requesting them. Do it. So I yep. just just real curious. I keep seeing these graphs, you know, <laughs> HR does a really good and I I have to give it to my company. They yeah. are uh much more progressive seemingly mm. than other spaces that I've been in. Yeah. So I'll give them that. It's a black woman head of HR doing her thing. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. And I saw you talk about how we gatekeep our salaries, how we do not, and our earnings. We do not tell people how much we make. Mm -hmm. The middle class, especially, there's because there's shame around it. There's like, oh no, you gonna want what I what I got? Yep. You know, like hold up, wait a minute. Yep. <laughs> I got what I got. You got what you got. And I don't want you coming over here in my, in my, you know, piggy bank. But, and this is so interesting that this is from Conversations with God, book two. Mm -hmm. But you quoted, the plain fact is that people would never put up with 90% of what is going on in the world if they knew what was going on. Society would never sanction the extraordinary disproportionate distribution of wealth much less the means by which it is gained or the manner in which it is used to gain more were these facts known specifically and immediately by all people everywhere. Basically saying, listen, if you fucking knew how much everybody around you was getting paid, you wouldn't put up with your salary no. and, and their work. Oh, no. 
I, my, my favorite thing now to say, it, 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 it and I know I'm getting on people's nerves. I'm, I'm nervous. <laughs> this morning, I, I literally, I, I, my phone was ping, 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 and someone asked me to send them something at 8:15 in the a.m. And I said, "Hi, it is 8:15 in the morning." Please, I understand that this meeting has been moved up to 9:30, but my under my understanding was that we will do a recap after said meeting. I'm hoping that this does not then mean that we have to start our day earlier and CC my boss. Mm-hmm. I will not. I don't get paid when you get paid. Nope. My new favorite thing, you want, you keep asking me to show people who get paid more money than me how to yep. do things. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm not doing it. And they got me in this loop before where I was like, oh, it'll make my job so much easier if I just train these people who get paid so much more money than me, these VPs, Mm -hmm. if I show them the processes, because technically it's my job, I'm a project manager. Mm. It's, I gotta be about the team. No, you gotta be about me. And I understand that this company is in this position where they've just laid off 15% of their of the company due to a loss of a major client Mm. fine you have another 15 (laughs) 20k somewhere to throw at me if you could spend all this money on these goddamn pizzas every day for people to come into this office that no one's coming into literally Mm. you have prime real estate in new york of the cities in manhattan that is empty computers empty desktops all kinds of fancy shit everywhere it's unutilized not even being utilized you have money somewhere Mm. so until you throw it to me i'm gonna do exactly what's on my job description and Mm. i've asked for a job description where the fuck is that yep i don't i don't even have that yet you can't even you tell don't me have what a job I'm description, baby. Baby, they can't find they can't find a job description. I they said, can't y'all find it in the Google said, Docs somewhere. They can't. They're not giving me a job description because they know that the account the, yep. the what I'm managing is well over yep. <laughs> what's in my job description. Wow. All of a sudden, you can't find it. But I'm first on the list to get a promotion. I don't want the promotion until I know what these other people. What is the median? What's the salary base mm-hmm. that other people are getting? Don't throw me any more money until I know that. Because it has to be comparable, if not more. Because you've already told me that I'm outperforming everyone mm-hmm. in said role. So you fucked up. <laughs> so this is where so this is where I'm at, where I I don't know if it's um I don't mean to go on the soapbox, but what's the for um they do the event in New York. It's like the cultural, it's like the art folks. They have like a festival. Damn. It's like culture, culture Con? fest. Culture, culture Con? Con? Culture is it culture Con? Con? Is that, is that what it is? I don't remember the name, but mm-hmm. I know that the listeners are saying it right now, laughing at it. <laughs> but they, I love what they do. They have people write in anonymously and they say exactly what their position is. They say how many years they've been working in it mm. and where they're working and how much they get paid to and they post it all the time they'll have a weekly thing where they're like art director this this mm-hmm. state this many years of experience uh, this is what i'm getting paid here white female and they'll tell you so that you know you have an idea of what to ask because we gatekeep this information so much we don't even know what to ask. Mm-hmm. And these white men and white women have the audacity to ask. They have the audacity, I don't even get me started, to 
to interview for jobs they're wildly unqualified mm -hmm. for, but they'll figure it out. And we feel like we got to come in knowing and having years of experience in said job to mm -hmm. even ask for the lowest rate girl <laughs> this was it this was i saw this i said this would solve so many fucking problems yeah. if we would not gatekeep this information if we would look out for one another i've got a a, a home girl a home girl i have no idea what she makes mm. but i'm gonna fucking ask her and i'm gonna tell her what i make to be like yo we need to stick together look what friends did Mm -hmm. they said this will we get yep. all paid we're going to these people and if they don't pay us all this of all of this money then we're walking yep there's they, power in that they organized they were they they're mm. like we're a union that's you it. fire one you fire us all you don't take heed of one of us it's all of us and mm. what i'll keep saying is transparency is the enemy of exploitation if mm. all of you if all of us know how much we're making at a company they can't we can't all be exploited because i'm like oh we do the same job and you pay more like no mm -hmm. that's not gonna that's not gonna fly mm -hmm. so in all realms like as a worker in a corporation i talk about this you know for white folks like you know if you are someone who is part of the quote-unquote movement and you're an ally or a comrade to black folks then you need to, we need to know how much money you actually make, right? And you need this, to be able to say who, what, how much money you got. This is the responsibility of white wealth that you're getting into, right? Right. So I, I mean, I think for everyone, like what you're talking about, Antoine, I think it's really important for you to know how much money is out mm -hmm. on the table. I'll share like a real quick story. I worked in HR a long time and one of my first HR jobs, I was like an assistant and I was doing some like file cleanup and I was putting paperwork away. And I saw that the person that did the exact same job as me got paid more. Oh, God. And I was like, oh, this is this is this is it. I went to my manager. I didn't say I knew. I said I had found a different position and that I needed to leave. And because I was so good at my job, she was like, oh, we want to keep you. And I said, well, this is how much the other job is going to pay me. But I knew how much the, the, my colleague was making. And I said, so this is what I need to be paid. And they did it. So it's like that knowledge emboldens us. Yep. Yeah, right. and you the fact that you all this shit is made up time. anyway it's all absurd arbitrary all absurd. Get, <laughs> like it makes no sense None. half the time anyway but it's purposeful it's purposeful but I will say in my work I do run a, a program called the responsibility of Whitewell and I take up to eight women um, right now it's a year long journey where we go through how whiteness is connected to wealth. And one of their first things that they have to do in a cohort is tell how much money they got. What is your net wealth? So you have this, these groups of women who don't know each other, who in all honesty and whiteness, you really don't talk about money. Mm -hmm. If you've got money, you really don't talk about how much money you got. And they come in and they have to say how much money they have. And, you know, it's really interesting the fear that comes up, the grief, all of the things. But what it does is it puts us all on like it all. It makes it so we all know what the playing field is so that mm -hmm. you can't lie through this whole year together, this whole six months. We all know what you got. 
And so when it comes to the end, when you say you want to support, we know how much money is there to do that. <laughs> mm. Can I ask you, how, how would one, what advice would you give one to disarm someone, to try mm -hmm. to start these conversations, to say, hey, we would be better off. What did you say? Because I just wrote it the hell down. Hold on now. <laughs> you said, said, yeah, transparency is the enemy of exploitation. Mm -hmm. I think that's the name of this episode. How do you convince someone of that? Mm. Well, who is this someone? Is it friends? Is it like yeah, colleagues? All of the, so let's say a friend, somebody yeah. who's like, I actually fuck with this person outside of work. Yeah. You're my people. To someone who you're like, literally, I just work with you. Mm-hmm. That's it. To someone who, I don't know, you just met at a networking event mm -hmm. at a friend's house who does the same thing as you. How do, how do you start these conversations? Well, I would to change say, the, well, sorry. I would say with friends, um, it's important for us to know the lay of our land, the lay of the land in our friendships, right? So that we can check each other to know if they're like, sometimes you don't know if you're not getting, making enough money for what you you're doing. Cause you just think that like, that's what people get paid. But when mm -hmm. you start talking to friends, I think it's the first place to start where you have like a relational imprint, right? You already have friends, you're trusted and things like that. Like my best friend, I know how much she makes. I know she is grossly underpaid. I know that she needs to leave. And we've had these conversations and I'm the one who's like, okay, we're going to go to the manager and we're going to talk like, this is what you're going to say. These are things you need to say. This is what your, um, position is averaging paying for out in the market like I'm emboldening and that's what collectivizing a form of it is um for those who like are colleagues I think you have to get a temperature of your kind of office or your job to understand if that would be off-putting to mm. someone um but I would say like to start those conversations would just to, to look at like, A, how long has someone been there? Do you have any kind of foothold with them? And maybe just like go out for coffee or something and be like, I'm think I'm trying to get a raise or something like that. What do you have any idea of like what this position would pay for out in the market? Just start some sort of dialogue and mm -hmm. see if they're even comfortable talking about it. Because people are so bound up in talking about about money. But I think it really starts with friends, with like homies first, understanding how how much each other makes. And we see this a lot being challenged in the influencer space where you see yeah. someone being mad like I'm going on a trip and I found out this person is making more than I made and all of that. So if influencing if in that sphere like people had to be transparent, right? And companies had to share how much they paid one versus the other that would erode some of this competition. Um, you're you're yeah. touching on, and I want to shout them out. Shout out to Hey Fran Hey, Cheska Lee, Urban Bush Babes, that mm -hmm. whole cohort. As soon as they got an offer, Fran talks about this, as, as soon as they got an offer back in the day when they were really doing their like influencing natural hair shit, they would hit each other up and say, this company offered me this. Mm -hmm. If they come to you, Make sure that you getting offered X, Y, and Z. It's so important. The way that Shanti and I undersell ourselves mm -hmm. is gross. Also, 
it's an interesting conversation to have because even Shanti, I'm putting you on blast. She wouldn't even tell me what her rent was. We on with the CPA and she was like tight. She was tight, baby. I could feel her wanting to be like, damn, why is she on this phone? I don't want to say it. And, and I think it's so deeply rooted in what is this person going to think about me? What is the judgment that they're going to make or whatever? I don't want to speak for you, but I know that I feel that way. I like if people are asking me, oh, what do you make? I had a friend of mine today. He don't really know me that well. He was like, what do you do for work work? And I hated it because he's wealthy. <laughs> he has a whole bunch of money and he's done quote unquote yeah. well for himself. And I'm like, yo, shut up. Why? I'm not my work. You know, like I, I kind of hit him with that. <laughs> it, it's just, yeah, there's so much shame yeah. around money. Well, because it, I, I think when you were talking about ways that you can be defiant, yeah, money intersects with scarcity. Money intersects with competition, just like you said. Yeah. Money um, intersects with poverty. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that I'm don't not making any money is embarrassing. It's your um, worth. What did you say? It's your worth. It's how people will value yeah. you. It's a, it's, yeah, yeah. Because we haven't broken, we haven't cracked that open yet. Right. But um, I love the idea of breaking this individualism you know like in doing more of a collective um a collective thing i think that is definitely a beautiful way to defy and and Mm -hmm. and, yeah gain some power i think it's also like it's freeing to be able to have people that you're close to know the real you like know all Mm. like if at least at least if there's one person it ain't gonna be all your homegirls. It ain't gonna be all you know, all the circles. But someone that knows that you can go to, like when shit is really hitting the fan, that you don't have to do a backstory to mm. or anything like that. Like that pulls us. That's defiant. That level of um, transparency mm. <clears throat> and truthfulness like frees us from that isolation and feeling like no one cares. And like, what are we protecting? What are we hoping to resolve and not sharing that stuff? And so for me, it feels like I want to the people that I really care about and that I really fuck with to be open in that way because I want them closer and I want them to share the same. Like everything here is so fragile. So if I can understand what what are what's in your world and you can understand it, what's in mine, when things start to crack, I can really come to you. And I don't have to really hold up this barrier. So I just say, like, you're asking, like, what are the ways to, like, impede some of these structures? It's in these ways, the relationships, being not relational. radical honesty. Ra- yeah, some radical. Boo. Not us showing our, <laughs> not vulnerability. Yuck. Yuck. Now that everyone know, like, listen, I'm a Capricorn. I ain't vulnerable with. Oh, <laughs> You money too. Oh shit! So ain't playing with nobody about her. No nope. feelings. <laughs> Not over here. Don't catch so. me slipping. Yep. Listen, I don't know, Shanti, if you have anything else. We've kept you for over an mm-hmm. hour, mm-hmm. and I know that you already had a long day, so I want to be really respectful yeah. of your time. But toy, Shanti, do you have anything else? No, I'm just I'm thankful. That I'm that's so such a thankful. beautiful ending. That yeah, that was yeah. necessary. Toy, please tell people how they can 
follow you, keep up yeah. with you, support you, all the yeah. things. So you can follow me over on the IG streets at Toy Marie. Um, and I am the founder of an organization called Loving Black Single Mothers. You can find us at www.lovingblacksinglemothers.com, um, where we are building ecosystems of care for Black single mothers and the same handle at Loving Black Single Mothers on IG. Um, and those are the two, so the two main spots. Amazing. Yeah, Thank, you so, Thank you so, so much. Yeah. Do you have time to do one last thing? Yeah. Where we, we usually do rapid fire questions with our guests. Yes. Yes. Shanti didn't put it on here. She probably thought you, you was too, uh, forgetting about that. You was too fancy for these well, raggedy questions. <laughs> All right. Uh, Shanti, please skip the rules. You're, we're going to give you two options. You can okay. only choose one with no explanation, no questions. Okay. You have three seconds to answer. You have to answer them all. Okay. <laughs> There's no options in this. No, no alternatives, <laughs> no possibilities. Hella capitalism. Ready? Yeah. All right. Malcolm or Martin? Malcolm. Generational wealth or familial happiness? Ooh. <laughs> familial happiness. Jay or Nas? Ooh, Nas. Mac or Sephora? Sephora. Palestine or Israel? Palestine. In the light or in the dark? Ooh. In the dark. Prince or Michael? Prince. Sweet or savory? Savory. Marriage or long-term commitment? Long-term commitment. Trader Joe's or Whole Foods? Whole Foods. Voodoo or brown sugar? Oh, God. Voodoo. Uh, Nikki or Cardi? Cardi. A seat at the table or lemonade? Ooh, a seat at the table. Jalof or rice and peas? Jalof. Missionary or doggy style? Missionary. Protection or pull out in prayer? Ooh, pull out in prayer. <laughs> is it Uchi Wally Wally or is it one mic? Ooh, Uchi Wally Wally. Love Jones or Jason's lyric? Love Jones. Sir or Rumi? Sir. <laughs> Lisa Bonet or Nia Long? Lisa Bonet. Bell Hooks or Audre Lorde? Bell Hooks. Knuck if you buck or Annie up. Ooh, knuck if you buck. 9-11, inside job or terrorist attack? Inside job. Rihanna or Beyonce? Rihanna. Erica or Jill? Erica. Brandy or Monica? Mm, Monica. Read the book or watch the movie? Read the book. Sundress or sweatpants? Sundress. SWV or escape? SWV. Toni Morrison or Alice Walker? Toni Morrison. Flats or drums? Mmm, drums. Netflix or Hulu? Netflix. Travel back in time or travel forward in time? Travel forward, always. Buy stocks or buy flights? Buy flights. Prove your point or pray for peace? Mm, pray for peace. Insecure, Molly or Issa? Issa. And finally, love and light? Or money and dicks. Oh, Come shit. on, Capricorn. Money and dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, balance. <laughs> Joy, thank you so yes. much. It was such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. I hope yeah. to stay connected with you. Yeah. 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 I would really. love to talk about your business strategy stuff too. Okay. So it might bring Let's you back on. It. But yeah. Thank you. Feel free to reach out, especially okay. if you want to bring you know, um, 
amplify some of the initiatives that you have? Mm-hmm. I know you do Hell like yeah. the regular fundraising or whatever. Yeah. Um, happy, happy, happy to support. Right. Definitely. Thank y'all. Thank y'all both so much. So much. Thank you. Right. Have a great evening. Wait, Atoy, before you go, internet, yeah. tell her the rules. Oh, before you go, please, if you you can definitely hit the leave button, but if you can leave the actual window open okay. so that the upload finishes uploading, you'll okay. see like it'll say upload complete, and then we're good. Okay. Just All the right. browser. Thank All you right. so much. All right. Bye. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I love her. Isn't she sweet? <sighs> I'm so nervous. I'm exhausted. <laughs> You're tired. I'm exhausted. Bitch, we got another fifty hours to yeah. record. Capitalism. Capitalism. Shit. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, let's get into it. We also have an ad to record, so let's do that. Girl. All right. Let's go. You have just heard an around away curls, John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Aroundaway Curls. We out early. <laughs> Very good.